0: I'm starting a brand new series uh, called Give Me, Give Me That Mountain. Give me that mountain. We'll be in it for the next couple weeks. uh, But I want to start with Numbers chapter 13, verse 2. Numbers chapter chapter 13, verse 2. It says, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Now, before we go too far, I just got to say this. When God gives us something, it's different than what we expect. And I like to just say when God gives us something, it's just like, man, just Amazon Prime to the doorstep. But I, I, when I read my Bible, it's kind of tricky, kind of how God does it. He, he says he gives it to you, but then you got to fight for it. Which seems like a little mean in, in, in some ways. It, it, it's like, you know, it's like holding the carrot out in front of you or something. But it's not just that. When God says he's giving you something, it's a guarantee for victory. But for many of us, we believe that because God gave it to us, he should hand deliver it to us. But there is a difference between, in the kingdom, something being given and something being possessed. I I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but I've had a lot of promises in my life. But there's been a process between when I've had the promise and when I've taken possession of the promise. I don't know if you ever bought something, and you bought a house, and you're in all of, the, uh, all of the processes of signing all the papers. Y'all remember when you had to, like, sign all those papers? Like, now DocuSign is just, like, the best thing that ever happened. But, I mean, I in mean, just stacks of papers, and, and you should read them probably, but I'm like, after, like, page 45, I'm like, what are we getting into? I mean, you're just writing, and, and, and we've paid money, we've signed papers, but then you have a closing date, right there's a process from when they say it's yours it's sold and when you actually take possession and I think it's really important for us on Vision Sunday to understand that there's a lot of a lot of promises that God has given to each of us but there is always a process between when the promise is given and when it's taken possession of. Numbers chapter 13 is interesting because God made a promise to Abraham in the Old Testament that his descendants would be as many as the sand on the seashore. It's a lot of kids. That, 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 was, that was a promise that transcended generations, which means it was in his generation, but also in Abraham, also in Isaac, also in Jacob. There were many promises that Abraham never saw the fulfillment of. When Moses comes on the scene, Moses was a deliverer to the Israelite people, and he brought them out of slavery in Egypt, and this was God's promise to Moses, that I will bring you and these people into a land flowing of with milk and honey. Not because milk and honey is that great, it really means provision. It means like it's good. Like, I don't know if you're on a milk and honey diet, that doesn't sound like living large to me. Uh, if there's not meat involved, I'm not interested. For all the vegans out there, we're praying for you. Go to Pastor Stephen Lee's freedom class. It, I'm just joking. We respect, we respect you. I just can't eat with you. Uh, the, the, there, is a, uh, there, there is a process between these promises and possession. Now, Moses was promised he would go into a land flowing with milk and honey. The, they, we, we know it as the promised land. Moses, the first time getting close to the promised land after they'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. I mean, we have a hard time with the 21-day fast. They're in the wilderness for 40 years walking with the promise. And they come to the edge of the promised land, and God says, what we picked up in chapter 13 of Numbers, says, I want you to go and explore the land. Now listen, He did not say go and evaluate if you could win. He says, I want you to go explore the land I'm about to give you. I want you to know what you're getting into, I want you to know who you're fighting, and I want you to know what you're getting when you get that promise. But the the, the 12 spies that Moses sent, two of them were Joshua and Caleb, which you know about from your Bible that we read about. As they went into the land, the Bible says that they noticed that there was giants in the land that there was all kinds of enemies in the lands, the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, the on and on, the ites, 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 the parasites, and mosquito bites, and all, all of them were there. And when they were there, they forgot what their purpose was. So when they came out and they reported to Moses, Caleb, Numbers chapter 13, he says, Certainly we can do this. I love this. I love can do people. How many just love can-do people? It's just man, no matter what is in there happening, no matter how much opposition, like we can do it. We can do it. I'm, i love sports. I'm just telling you, I like I like can-do sports people. If 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 you get on my team, I think I've mentioned this a couple times, just want to make sure everybody knows. And, 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 and you feel like like we're not gonna win, I would just rather you not play. I'd rather be a player down. Then play with someone who doesn't believe that they can win. Okay? I just like can-do people. Some of you are like, man, I feel bad. I'm that person. It's fine. Just, just watch. Um, everybody needs a cheerleader, too. You know, there's, there's a place for you. But on the field, you've got to have some can-do. Caleb is a can-do man. He says, certainly we can do this. So you got two spies, Joshua and Caleb, that say, we saw the land, we saw the giants, but we have a word. And then you have ten spies that said, we saw the land, we saw the giants, and we're not going in there. And this is interesting. You would think that faith would outweigh fear. Right? I mean, faith is so amazing. Joshua and Caleb, and, and they have faith, and, and, and they're, they're encouraged, and they have a word. But the Bible teaches us, Numbers chapter 13, that the ten that had fear actually persuaded the entire nation. That they should not go in to the promised land. Listen, just let, slow down and listen to the sentence. They should not go into the land that was promised to them. See, when God gives you a promise, He gives you a promise of victory, not of, not of ease. There's a big difference. As Christians, we think it's a promise of no problems. It's not a promise of no problems. It's a promise of victory. And as we approach this brand new year, 2022, I'm telling you is that I believe that this is a year of two words, dominion, which means to take space, to establish government, to put down roots, to take into possession. And radical generosity, radical generosity operates in the opposite spirit of the world's idea of materialism. Radical generosity says we operate on the kingdom currency. We sow in faith. We sow in generosity. We sow in resources. This is not just transactional. This is kingdom influence. This is kingdom culture we've been talking about. So when Joshua and Caleb come out and they say, we've got faith to do it, you would think, then everybody would say, man, if, if they believe it, let's do it. But they didn't. They sided with the ten negative Nellies. That's what my dad used to call them. Or negative Nancy, but I know a Nancy, so I can't say. They, they side with the negativity, and the Bible says that they began to wander again without going into the promised land. Now, if you know your Bible, you know that they wander for another 40 years, and in fact, they wandered until that generation died. That generation never possessed the promise. Now, if you read your Bible, 40 years later, and this is where we'll come from this entire series, 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb are still around, they're still alive, everyone else is dying off, Joshua has now taken over, Moses has died, now Joshua is in command and he's ready to get back into the promised land, and this is what Caleb says, this is, I I love this, he says, I'm still as strong today as I was then, that's 40 years, I'm still as strong, that's like, I'm praying that over my life, I'm going I'm to be 85, I'm going to be like, y'all, I'm still as strong today as I was, that's, that's, a, that's a goal, he says, I'm still as strong today as I, as I was then, he says, now give me that mountain, he, he said, there was a promise that was given to Caleb, that because of the fear of the people, he never took possession of. And 40 years later, he comes back around to the same place and he says, I'm not losing it a second time. He says, I'm still as strong today as I was then. I'm not weak. I'm not feeble. I haven't lost my faith. I haven't lost my conviction. I haven't lost my persuasion. I have a promise and I've come to get it. And I'm just telling you in 2022 that God's shaking his church and he's saying it is time to get the fight back and say that mountain belongs to me. I'm not happy with a promise on a wall. I need the possession of the promise in my life. I'm going to tell you this. To take possession, you got to have a couple things. You gotta, to take possession, it's going to require perseverance. It's discouraging, isn't it? It's going to take patience. Because the, the promise that was given to Abraham, and even the promise that was given to Moses, the promise outlasted their life, which means this. Moses died without ever going into the promised land. So when you really decide that you're gonna be a man of God or a woman of God, you're gonna be full of faith, then you gotta understand that I might die believing for something that I haven't seen. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but in the 50s, there was a revival in the city of Dallas. Churches, many churches you see today were built in the 50s out of revival as as people were healed, set free, delivered, saved by the thousands. There was an incredible, you should read about it, there's an incredible revival. And I just want you to know there was a lot of promises and prophecies, prophetic words that were given to churches and people in the 50s that they died never seeing the fulfillment of. So you could be like the ten spies that went into the land and doubted, or you could understand like Joshua and Caleb. If there was a promise that was given then, then I can still take possession of it now. So it might... Behoove us to go back and to see and to remember what God has spoken of the past because if it hasn't happened, doesn't mean God slipped. It doesn't mean God messed up, it means that it hasn't happened. Yes. And I believe in 2022 that it is the time for the people of God to begin to take possession of the promises of God. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting for it to be delivered to my house. It's time to take a step of faith with aggressive force and faith. Faith. Faith, not fear. Faith and say, G- "Give me Give me that mountain." I-, I just wonder how many of us personally we've got promises that we're contending for that you just get weary over time. It's, it's, it's normal to be weary in day-to-day living of a promise that you've been believing for and never taken possession of. But I'm here to jumpstart your faith this morning to say you can't give up on the promise that's been given. A promise that's been given is only a matter of time before you take possession of it. Don't let it pass you by. He passed Moses by. Joshua and Caleb. Caleb was like, it's not going to pass me by. I'm 85 years old, but you better give me that mountain. Some of y'all, you remember your mountain-taking years. And you need to get a Caleb spirit that doesn't look back at when you used to be like that, but says, I'm like that now. And it's worse now than it was then. And I'm not, I am not—I didn't get my mountain then, so I must be closer now. Possession is going to require... Perseverance To take possession, it's going to require a process slash pain. This isn't, isn't really encouraging either, but did you know that we, we, we do Christians a disservice sometimes teaching them that to get everything that God promised them is going to be easy, they're not going to have to work, and it will be pain-free. I'm going to tell you, the last two years of my life, have been some of the most painful years that I've had in my entire 40 years of existing. But at the same time, I'm closer now to promises than I've ever been before. It's, it's part of the process. I'm more dependent on God than I've ever been. I'm more humbled than I've ever been. I've, I've never had more pride pushed out of me than the last two years. That's not a bad thing. Doesn't feel good. But it's not a bad thing. I've never had to hold on in blind faith to promises and words more than I've had to hold on in the last two years. But that's not a bad thing. That's part of the process. It's part of, when when Joshua and Caleb walked in the promised land to explore it, they looked around and they saw the opposition and they said, yep, this is going to be a fight. It's going to cost us. It's going to hurt. But we have a word. We have a word a promise. And I'm just wondering if maybe today God doesn't want to just jumpstart our faith in a way that we get our fight back. Because I, I, think, I think Christians, and sometimes you say fight, it's like we're not supposed to be fighters, we're supposed to be lovers. Like, yeah, I'm all, all, about, all about loving. Well, we can be so passive that we let promises fall by the wayside and we let possessions or we let marketplace or businesses or the world or culture or government or education. And we'll be talking about these mountains over the next couple of weeks. We'll let them, let the world just have them. We'll have our little buildings and they can have everything else. We'll hold on to each other and have our prayer meetings and our groups and, 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 and then the, the world will just go crazy. No, I really believe that the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to infiltrate every area of influence throughout the world and I believe that this is a year of dominion where God's going to anoint you to go into marketplace, to entertainment, to education, to places of influence and say no this is God's business. This is God's family. This is God's school. I am putting down my putting my foot down and deciding that this is going to be a place where God's glorified, where God's lifted up. We're going to take dominion. Take possession. To take possession, it's going to require partnership now I know a lot of people like to do things by themselves I'm an introvert introvert by nature okay but if we're gonna do a big thing for God we're gonna need each other and let me just tell you how important it is to do things together with the right people because two of them had faith Joshua and Caleb two of them had faith man that's awesome but ten of them didn't and the ten were able to talk the two million out of the promise you got to be careful who you hang out with because there's some people that will pick at your faith. They will drag you down into places of doubt, not negativity, not trying to be nasty or dirty, not trying to be anti-you, but they just don't build your, and you've got to get it out of your mind. It is a battle to stay in faith. It is a fight to stay in faith. And you've got to partner with people that will build that faith, that will speak into that faith, that when you say, let's take the mountain, they say, I'm with you. When you say, let's go, they say, I'm with you. When you say, I'm going to go after some big mountain, giant risk, they say, certainly we can do it. Well, pastor, what, what about the risks? What about, what, what about evaluating? I believe in all of that. I believe in due diligence. I believe in wisdom. I believe in assessing what we need to do and how we need to do it. I think we should do all of that. That's why Moses said, I'm going to send you into the land to explore. But we get smart. And instead of going into to explore, we go into to assess if God can do what he said he's going to do. And people of faith do not need to do the assessing. That's God's job. The people of God need to do the exploring. We still we do we do our due diligence. We work it not to see if God can, but to see how God will. There is a big difference in this faith mindset in understanding that there is a way. We have it on the walls of our office. We value impossibility. I my favorite words to hear are "You can't do it." That's my favorite. I'm just like you. Tell me I can't do it. That's like the best thing you could ever say to me. I'm like, ah, be right back. Because that's, that's just, it's, it's like fuel to me. And I think it's time for the people of God to get the fight back when the world is saying, you can't do it. You can't do it. Really? Last time I checked, we serve a God of the impossibility. That what is impossible with man is possible with God. This is the truth of it. Fear is more contagious than faith. I wish I could say faith is more contagious than fear, but it's not. We see even from the text that fear is more contagious from faith, which makes it more important than ever that you and I have to link arms together, not in fear. We cannot partner over fear. We have to partner over faith. And if you see your brother, your sister struggling in fear, you shouldn't partner with them in fear. You got to partner with them in faith. This is a house of faith. This is a church of faith. We're going to take this city by faith. We're going to take Wiley by faith. We're going to take Frisco by faith. We're taking Oak Cliff by faith. Not fear, friends. By faith. By faith. Every year on Vision Day, we started in 2017 lining out what we believe to be 10 risks that we believe God's asking us to take in the year. And uh, we said risk which I know doesn't sound very faith-filled, but that was exactly what they were when we started. We're like, oh, here we go. And this is where we coined the phrase, what looks like a risk to us looks like obedience to God. Isn't that how it feels sometimes when you're about to obey? It's like, oh, man. But God's not worried. We're stressed. He's not. We have fear. He doesn't. So he's not given us, you ever heard this, a, a spirit of, Fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Three things to combat one thing. That's how bad fear is. He said, I'm going to give you three weapons to overcome that one thing because fear fear is a killer. It's a promise killer. You'll never take possession of what God has for you if you walk in fear. You've got to step into faith to take possession of the promise God's given you. So 2017, we start praying into this, and we line out 10 risks, steps of obedience, and, and, and I, I looked back this morning, I was like, I wonder what those first risks were five years ago, and I started looking, I'm like, that was a risk? That was a risk? We put that as a risk? Like, I was scared about that, because when, over the years, as God begins to move, and you faith, your faith grows, and you encounter pain, your capacity grows, and you're thinking, man, I, why was I not believing bigger than that? So 2017, 10 risks. By the grace of God, we accomplished all of those risks. 2018, we had 10 risks. By the grace of God, we accomplished all those risks. That's 20. 2019, we had 10 risks, and we accomplished all of those. That's 30. And then 2020, we were like, the best year ever. And we had 20 risks. And by the grace of God, we accomplished all 20 of those. That's 50. 2021, we had 10 risks. Went back to 10. Just moderate adjustment. And... By the grace of God we accomplished all of those. That's 60. And then this year we got ten more to add to the list. And some of these are some of these are, are steps of faith. Some of these are giant leaps of faith. And I want to give them to you today because I think it shares and explains a lot of our heart as a church and why we do what we do and why we sow like we sow, and why we pray like we pray, and why we give like we give, and why we believe like we believe. And so I want to give these to you, and, and I want you to know when we say these, when we say these risks, is exactly what it is. For us, this is not a perfectly formed strategy that we have all of the answers today, and tomorrow all of them are going to be done. Literally this last year, it was like December, and we finished a couple of the risks, because we are stepping out in faith to accomplish these things. And these are mountains we believe God's asking us to take, not tomorrow, not in 2025, not in, but this year. So when we say these are our risks for this year, these things are going to be accomplished this year. I say, Pastor, you got a lot of faith. Well, this morning I was really scared in my office before I came out, okay? So I, I, I was like, Lord, you said it. But I, I want to give some of these to you, is we... Our Dream Center is our hub of ministry in Oak Cliff, and it's going to continue to grow and serve as a hub of ministry. And we bought that building in January of 2020, best year ever. And, uh, and, and, and it just so happened that we were needed in the community for such a time as that. And we started grocery drive through in March 2020. God's been expanding the Dream Center. But we have a heart for the next generation. The number one question that we get at the Dream Center is, when are you going to start a church? When are you going to start a service? Where can we go? And so for the kids, for the first time, we have a VBX at all of our different campuses. We're going to hold our first Oak Cliff uh, VBX at the Dream Center this summer. We're going to, as well, at the Dream Center, we're going to continue to expand, increase, and um, we have, things have been happening so fast. I'm telling you, we've got some miracles that are coming down the pike with the Dream Center that will blow your mind. God is expanding things so quickly. Uh, Years ago, I was at the LA Dream Center, and we would be a part of their food distribution routes, and they got partners with all kinds of grocery stores and connections. They get all this food every single week. I think they they feed 10,000 people a week, and uh, we felt the Lord put it on our heart that we have to, The Dream Center as the hub, we've got to get out, and we've been able to do a lot of different things in that. We've adopted over 100 blocks around the Dream Center where we have gone door to door. We've assessed needs. We've bought air conditionings, units. We've bought appliances. We've straightened foundations. We've built porches. I mean, it's just mattresses for kids that have been sleeping on the floor. 100 blocks, those are ours. If there's a need, the Dream Center is going to meet it. We're going to continue to expand it. But we also... We also know this, is that there's some areas of Dallas that are way worse than even the zip code that we're in. There are some areas of Dallas that they have real needs that are even greater than where we're in. So we're starting our first food distribution routes that we will start this year. We're buying two trucks. We've partnered with North Texas Food Bank and World Vision. They're providing all of the food for free. And we are going to distribute it to some of the most needy communities in Dallas And the way it works is you pull up the truck, we got it bagged, they have a whole line, we'll give them a bag of groceries, we'll love on them, we'll pray for them, we'll have short-term mission teams that are coming this year, they'll help us with this, coming from all over the United States, and uh, they're coming to the Dream Center, Dream Center Dallas, to help us serve, and then we'll pray for them. We're going to see people saved, healed, and delivered on the streets of Dallas. It's happening this year. We also, in our heart for the next generation, and this is a real important part of the fabric of our church, is, is, is we don't just believe in having a youth group. We believe in educating from the youngest of the young to the oldest of the old, educating the next generation. And so we started a preschool. I looked in 2017, our, one of our risks was to start a Mother's Day out. That's how, we, that's how we start. That was a risk back then. Now, we have a full pled, full-fledged preschool. We've got an academy that goes up through fourth grade. We're adding fifth grade to the academy. That's not even a risk. It used to be a risk that we'd add a grade. Now, it's not even a risk. It's just it's happening. And uh, so, so, we're adding fifth grade, but we're completely out of room. We have a wait list for our preschool um, that is, it, it's a lot. And uh, so, someone in the first service, they said, I finally got my spot. I had a baby. I finally got my spot. I'm like, oh, man, that's amazing. There's a lot of people that didn't. And... Um, <laughs> So because of that, our, our staff office right over here in, in a small building here in Allen, and, um, and we're completely out of room, and the preschool is out of room, and the academy's out of room, and so we are opening, we're leasing a space, a new headquarters for all of our staff to continue to grow, counseling rooms, recording studios, uh, all of that to continue our online presence, our podcast, our online teaching, but to, for number one reason, to make space here to continue to impact and enlarge the space that we have in our academy and our preschool. We have close to 200 students already enrolled in preschool and academy, and we need to bust through that number and make space for that. And uh, so we're going to be doing that this year. We believe that the church of Jesus Christ, Jesus said this, my house shall be called the house of prayer, not a house of worship, not a house of preaching, not a house of programs. My house should be called a house of prayer. So we've hired Holly. That wasn't a risk. Um, Just... We love you, Holly. You weren't risky. You were just, you were solid. And, uh, and, and she's come, she's our prayer director, and uh, she is she's building the infrastructure for our prayer ministry, but we're going to start every week holding prayer meetings, and we're going to continue to add hours to those, those prayer times where we can seek the face of God. Everything that God does through Church 1132 is not going to be birthed in a strategy room or a boardroom. It's going to be birthed and it's going to be realized in the place of prayer. The prayer is how, if we're going to transform the city, it's going to be through prayer. If we're going to see your kids saved, it's going to be through prayer. If we're going to flip these high schools upside down, it's going to be through prayer. If it was strategies and wisdom, we would have done it a long time ago. We need a heavenly strategy. We need a heavenly blueprint, and that comes through prayer. We are going to... um, in, in, in with COVID, you, many of you know this, we are passionate about missions in our church. And we've always been a sending church. And we've sent teams all over the place. My wife, Jamie, served as a missionary in Thailand for a couple years before we got married. And uh, we've always had a heart for missions. We've sent teams all over the world. With COVID, we stopped all of those for now, obviously. And uh, we've been praying about how do we continue to reach. Because God hasn't just called us to reach the area that we live but we have to fulfill the mandate to take the gospel to every corner of the globe. And so we've been praying, and and, uh, during this season, I got introduced to a ministry uh, through Pastor Mark Francie at Oceans Church, who was just here speaking at our conference, and uh, it's called Angel House, and they are building orphanages in India, and uh, they're building these orphanages, and they're building a freshwater well, providing shoes for the kids, school supplies for the kids, and house parents at the orphanage that'll teach them the Bible, that'll raise them with Christian values, make sure they get their education, and we'll keep them all the way until they're 18. I think Ocean's Church has built eight of these orphanages, orphanages already. It says Ocean's Church above the door, and uh, they know these kids. So we're going to build our first angel house, our first angel house orphanage uh, this year to continue our reach internationally. Their mission at Angel House is to bring abandoned children from the slum to safety and into the loving arms of caretakers that will educate, love, and raise them to become future leaders in their generation. They say from orphans to angels. Man, come on, we get to be a part of moving some of these kids into these homes. Now, this is where things get a little dicey. I, I, was, I was praying... Um, In our fast, and every year in our fast, we really look at these risks and say, Lord, where are you asking us to stretch our faith? Where are you?" Honestly, it would be way easier to just kind of coast, especially after 2020, 2021. It's like, you know, let's just kind of like, let's just be safe and healthy and just love each other for like a year. Um, But there's mountains to take. Probably there might not be a more urgent time than ever in our lifetimes than right now. For the church to be the church, for truth to be truth, for the people of God to raise be raised up. So we're praying, and and um, the Dream Center. If you didn't know, we bought that building. It's it's beautiful uh, in in Oak Cliff, and uh, it has a 2,200 seat auditorium. It's four stories, classrooms that we're gonna have all kinds of ministries out of. It has three buildings, big building, small building, and a house that just just. It was, it burnt. Um, so it's not much of a house, but it's, it's there. It needs help. The, the buildings have been vandalized. All the copper's stolen out. It's like the remodel. It's $10 million project, okay? So just, just put it out there. It's a $10 million project. And so we spent $1.3 million last year to seal the big building because it was, it was leaking and more damage was being done. So we treated the asbestos in the windows. We redid the entire roof, sealed it all. And so now it's all good to go. No more damage is being done. But we can't meet in there yet. The smaller building is there and um, I felt like the Lord told me it's time, like we've got to get, it's urgent, we've got to get a building open there. We're hearing it from the people, they need a place and uh, so I said, we've got to get a building open. So we met with an architect and uh, we started drawing up plans and uh, designs for the smaller building and um, I felt like the Lord said, this is the year to build and complete Dream Center building number two. So that's awesome, God, I'm in. And he says, I want you to do it. With cash, now we've got a really wise board of directors that are very savvy financially, and we've been able to do a lot of things and leverage a lot of things over the years. And I know some people are like, "I'll never do debt." Never, I, I, I totally get that. We finance some different projects as we move forward, leverage things. God's given us great favor, and um, it's I, I, I never mind using the devil's money to build the kingdom of God for a little while. So, but I feel like I feel like the Lord said. No banks, no financing, cash. So I said, okay, Lord. So I met with the architect. I'm like, what are we looking at? Ballpark, you know? And uh, he said, it's, it's probably going to be 2000000 2 million, Two, $2 million. I'm like, all right, for the small building. And he said, yeah, $2 million." And I said, but totally done. I'm like, well, <laughs> I expected it to be totally done for $2 million. <laughs> Bottom floor is going to be a serving kitchen. And we're going to serve hot meals. Second floor is cafeteria. And uh, has going to have locker rooms full, showers, locker rooms for all the short-term mission teams that are coming in. We already have seven scheduled already to come this summer. And uh, they keep on scheduling. We don't even have a building. We have a tent. And uh, they're, they're coming. If you're watching this online, we'll take good care of you. We love you. It's amazing. Texas is very mild in the summer. Come on out. <laughs> We're going to invest, like, those little fans that, like, follow people around. $2 million, and then the top floor is the auditorium. Seats about 175 people, and um, we're going we're gonna to be able to hold a campus there at some point and have briefing for teams, and um, so I said, you know what? We're going to do it. So we put on his wrist. The board said we're going to do it. We're going to do it with cash, debt-free, and then I talked to the architect. I said, like, what's the timeline? Timeline look like on this, and he's like, man, we're already going. I'm like, oh like, how far are you going? He's like, man, probably six weeks. We'll have the construction docks ready, then six months of construction, and you're in. And I'm like, oh, do we have to pay <laughs> like right when we get in, or is this like a sort of layaway plan? Or um, So it's moving fast. It's happening, guys. It's, it's, it's moving, um, and I'm just going to tell you this I like to say this when we talk about financial things, you know, as as a church, is sometimes people take that, like that pressure on individually. This is the power of the church, is that you never have to carry a burden individually. When God says something and he's gonna do something, we just do what we're called to do. So if you're called to be a part of that with prayer, then do what you're called to do. If you're called to write a million dollar check today, bless you, and do what you're called to do. But everybody's just responsible for their peace. So we we decided this was going to be a risk. That next week, we had two massive miracles that I can't talk about yet. Massive miracles. I'm just going to tell you, God's on on the move. I'm I'm telling you, he's on on the move. So that building is going to be built this year. We're going to... Many of you know we have a campus in Wiley. They've been meeting at B&B Theater for years. They've grown. It's an incredible campus. I preached there last Sunday. Man, we had church. It was wild and, uh, and the most comfortable seats you ever sat in. Sea heaters, reclining, I mean, it's amazing. And uh, you can get popcorn after the service. It's awesome. And you actually smell like that when you go home. Um, but it's, they need a building. And the community needs to see that we're there to stay. And last year, we said we're going to begin the search for a building. So we searched for a building, and I, I probably looked at every single building in Wiley, Sachse, and Murphy, okay? And we've found nothing that we feel like is right, nothing that we, that we've, we've, the buildings that we did want, we couldn't get, the buildings we didn't want, they wanted to sell to us, and we had to get rid of that. And, and, and so we're trying to find it, and, and nothing, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me that this year is the year for them to get a building. We don't have it yet. I don't know where it's at. But I felt like the Lord told me to draw a line in the sand and to say this is the year that we purchase property slash building for our Wiley campus. And so we're saying that. That's one of our risks. It's going to happen this year. We believe in God. We believe it's going to happen. The community needs to see us with a building that's, that, that, that's established there so we can have midweek services and training and youth ministry and, and all of those things. Uh, we are going to... Uh, in Oak Cliff. Uh, by the end of this year, we're going to actually launch a service that we'll be holding out there in Oak Cliff for the community. It's going to be next level. I've already told the team, I'm like, I'm, I'm preaching I'm preaching that. I'm preaching that live. I can't wait to preach in Oak Cliff. We're going to be launching that this year. Now, we have two more, and, and, and these kind of dovetail together, and I got to tell you the whole story, and, and we'll be done. Um, probably maybe October 2020, we took on the Frisco campus, okay, so many of you, if you've been a part of the journey, we didn't have a Frisco campus, and uh, I met with Pastor Grant Diamond and his wife Kaylee, they were pastoring a church, COVID, they were a young church, COVID hit, they weren't able to keep the church going, and so they were ready to like just give up on ministry, literally, he met with me, and he said, "I I think I'm done. Like, we're, my marriage is, is, is stressed. I'm stressed. Our church isn't doing well. He said, just take the, just take the church. And uh, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me that we were supposed to take the church, that we were supposed to make a Frisco campus, and that we were supposed to take Grant and Kaylee onto our team and staff and pay them what they were already getting paid. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like God, really. Um <laughs> So I left, and, um, and then he called and said, no, seriously, like, you know, just take it. And I said, Grant, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit told me that we'll take the campus, and they, they owed money. Uh, there was no equipment. There was not a, not a ton of families at the time, and, and, but I felt the Holy Spirit say that this was him. Like, this, uh, he, he said to do this. So I said, Grant, we're doing it, but we're not doing it without you. You're coming with us. And so he came. Well, during, during COVID, he picked up a, a side hustle. It's what they call it these days. A side hustle of streaming himself playing video games. All right? So some, some, of, you, some of you hard workers in the place are like, these dang kids. I, I know. I know. I'm with, I'm with you. He's making money doing it. So he got sponsored, he's, he's making money, and so he works here and then he goes home and streams at night, he's a preacher guy if you're a streamer and uh, you, wanna, you wanna check it out. Well, he, he, he opens it with worship and, uh, and then he's like witnessing to these guys as he kills them apparently, which seems a little... I'm not in that space, I'm not here to judge, but you know, it's like, bless you brother, kapow! Uh, I don't know how it all works, but I know this, Gamer tags are crazy, right? So I just use, your, I just use my name. Unreal underscore sock says, this is gamer tag, another guy. He says to Grant, you're helping me steer my life on the right path. So happy to see a Christian streamer doing well. Going to church for the first time in years on Sunday. Unreal underscore sock is going to church. Now, T-Pain, T-Pain, this is real, T-Pain352. That's my boy, T-Pain, 352. He said, I want to thank you for showing me the path back to the Lord. It has helped me put my focus on the important things and realize that the rest will come with time. And I wanted to tell you, I talked with my wife and I plan on getting baptized this year. This is people he's just meeting as he's playing video games. Now, Sarah, she serves at our Frisco campus. Her husband met Grant on video game streaming, whatever you call it. Streaming and, and um, praise the Lord. And <laughs> met him. she came to the Frisco campus, got baptized, and serves on our lead team on GE. I mean, that's like, that's crazy. So he's had this entire, like, like, ministry come out of this thing. And uh, they're partnered with Elevation Church, Pastor Stephen Furtick's church, and their youth ministry, and helping Christians get into that space. And so he sat down with me a couple months ago, and he said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Like, the stream's taking off, and God's doing stuff in the church, and I just feel so torn. And I go, Grant, I think it sounds to me like you're a digital missionary. And he's like, I like that. And I'm like, you're a digital missionary, bro. Just make sure you keep it clean, because I watch it every once in a while. You better, you know, <laughs> this guy's going to get a little loose on her. And uh, I said, you need to be, he goes, I think I need to go full-time. I said, okay. I wish God called me to play video games full-time. <laughs> but he's calling you, so go ahead, man. And uh, so he, he is make at the end of this month, he's making that, that switch. But we're going to help support him as a church, and we're going we're gonna to call Pastor Grant our first, I know this is weird to some of y'all. Digital missionary, all right? Digital missionary. Now, if y'all are watching him and he gets a little inappropriate, make sure you let me know because I'm going to cut that support in a second. Um, but this leads me to the next one because this is crazy because if you go to the Frisco campus or you've been there, you're like, well, what happens to the Frisco campus if he's not the campus pastor? A couple months ago, well, actually it's May, May of 2021, I'm praying seeking God, and I hear the Lord say, you're supposed to have a building in Frisco. I'm like, well, we have a campus in Frisco. He's like, a building, I mean, just so clear. I'm like, well, I'm trying to find a building in Wiley right now. And it was just so clear. The next, it was the next month, Pastor Benny came for Revival Night, many of you guys remember, so we were hanging out, and he goes, Dustin, I don't know what, I don't know why I'm sensing this. I hadn't told him anything. He goes, you're supposed to be in Frisco. I'm like, we are in Frisco, we have a campus there. He goes, no, it's something more, it's like a building. Like, there's a building in Frisco. He's like, let's go drive over there. I said, okay. So we got it. We're down going down the Dallas North Tollway. He says, if you could have a building anywhere, where would you want it? And I said, oh, that's easy. I want to be next to the Star. I want to be on have access to the Dallas North Tollway. I said, the development, everything that's happening, what God's called us to, and this is what we really believe, Luke 14, I think it's 29, it's on your commitment card, but to the highways and byways. God hasn't called us to reach just one dimension or just one demographic. It's a bridge, the kingdom of God, to the highways and byways. And so, we're driving, and he goes, let's pray. So we pull the car over, and he prays. He says, Lord, if Dustin's supposed to be in Frisco, open up the door for him to be here. Now, I got to tell you, there's, there's a lot to the story, okay? But this building in Allen that we're in right now, that we're recording this on, is this building wasn't here originally. It was just the kids' building. That was all that was there. That's where we used to meet. And Pastor Steve and Lisa, they founded the church. It's Lisa's birthday. So make sure you text her, or tweet her, or whatever message. I don't think she streams video games or anything, but maybe Facebook. Um, so God gave them a word that they were supposed to buy property next to a high school, across the street from a high school, and next to a preschool. They got a prophetic word. They carried that prophetic word for 12 years before they bought this property. Across the street from the high school, next to a preschool. That's our preschool now. And it was, it was a preschool, and so that's, it was crazy how God, God worked. But, but when God gives a word, that word continues on. So just hold that, hold the hold finger in that place, okay? So I'm praying about this Frisco thing. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, the Frisco campus is new. Like, they don't deserve a building yet. And um, <laughs> Wiley deserves a building, you know? Like, and, and so I'm, I'm praying about it, and I get a call. Now, the guy that leased us The Frisco space, the building where our Frisco campus was in, he manages that building. He calls me. He says, Dustin, he goes, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I own a building in Frisco. I said, oh, that's awesome. And he said, it's a wedding venue. It's awesome. He goes, not with COVID. I'm like, right, that's a bad time to have a wedding venue. Got it. And uh, he goes, I I have to sell the building. And he said, "Um, I just wanted, I've seen what you guys are doing here. I've heard the ministry. I've met your staff. He said, uh, I want to give you the first route right of refusal on buying this before it hits the market. I said, man, awesome. I said, where is it? And he goes, uh, it's, it's on the Dallas North Tollway. He said, if you go to the Star, you can't make this stuff up. You go two exits up, it's right there. 17,500 square feet. Totally built out. Parking, it's just right there. I said, oh, man. I was like, that sounds familiar to something. I said, how much is it? And he told me. I said, yeah, we'll put it on the market, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Because Frisco Properties, you ain't ain't playing up there. You ain't playing. You ain't playing. And uh, so we start talking, and and I said, hey, man, let me take the board. Let me pray about it. So we prayed about it. We start feeling peace. Like, we're supposed to pursue this thing. So we start pursuing we start pursuing this building. I'm in the final decision if we're going to make the offer or not. I'm walking through the building and I look out the window and I see these kids running by. And I look over and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a preschool right next to us. That's interesting. I said, wait, no way. So I went out the front door and I look across the street. It's Frisco High School. One of 11. I'm like, that's crazy. And so... We talked. me and Keon, and we're like, we're doing this. We're doing this. And so this is a risk, but we get the keys next week, so it's kind of already done. Just put it up. Put it up. I'll let you guys see it. It's coming, I think. Dallas North Tollway. Sorry I'm in your way. There's Church 1132 Frisco right there. Come on. God's so good. I'm going to tell you something I shouldn't tell you. You see that church behind it? I want that too, but okay. Don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody that. See, this is what we're doing. Grant's not going to be a campus pastor there. He's going to be video gaming. So Ben and Carissa, who are at our Prosper campus, we're going to merge both of those campuses. It's actually right in the middle. Technically, where our Frisco campus meets now is Plano. And it's right in the middle, this, this venue, from where they meet now and where the Prosper campus meets. If you come in the middle, it's about right there. And we, from the very beginning, had a heart for Prosper. That heart has not changed. We're going to see city transformation in the city of Prosper. But Prosper's been praying for a building, and Frisco's been praying for a building, so they both get a building, but they have to share. And uh, so our first service in that building for our Frisco campus is going to be February 27th. That's the end of this month. Come on, God's so good. So we got some work to do, and uh, if you add up all those risks to make them work, to make them happen in this year, it'd be th- about $3 million to make all, make all that happen. So under your seats, there's a pledge card, a commitment card. We're not taking an offering today, uh, so if you want to give your regular tithes and offerings, you can. We're not taking, but I would like you to take that card home with you, and I want to ask you to pray, because on February 27th, we're going to take a miracle offering, and I believe this. I believe, this. and somebody just confirmed it right at the last service. God, there's some things in the works right now. I'm telling you, God is doing something big, and we're gonna we're gonna testify and we're gonna celebrate miracles. But but on that February 27th, I want to ask you to just pray about what God's asking you to do. So if you can do something financially, that's amazing. If you can't, God's not asking you to do anything. Don't worry about it. We never. There's no obligation in this house. This is this is like if you believe in the vision, you want to give the vision, you want to partner with us, jump on board. Do you know what? When, this is the cool thing. When God's doing something, He's going to provide the dollars, He's going to provide the people, He's going to provide the partners. We just have to obey. So I'm obeying. We put ourselves way out there, and I'm believing God's going to come through. Now this is what I want to say to you. I believe this. What God does in the church is a mirror of what He wants to do in His people. So when God tells a church to go take ground and to take mountains, he's also telling us to go take ground and to to take mountains. Now, I believe that some of you, you've been stuck. In a, in, in, a, in a possession battle where you've had promises but you haven't been able to possess them and I want to pray for you today because I believe God's going to resurrect faith in you to go after everything that God's promised you these risks are going to be a testimony for your own personal life that what God does through this church is going to be a testimony of what he wants to do through you and I believe there is mountain taking faith that is in this room that God is a in, even today You believe that?